In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Sometimes in our life, we justify why we may lie to others. Some people lie to keep their jobs, or to avoid an argument, or to protect their reputation, or they think everyone will be better when I lie, I will make peace between people. We know also that lying, it is wrong, but many of us, we justify it. But what about lying to ourselves? Maybe for the first impression we say, no, why should I lie to myself? But in reality, it happens quite often that we lie to ourselves and we are good at it. For example, I convince myself that I really, really need this new phone. And when I purchased it or I upgrade my phone, I use it like the previous phone. But in order to justify to myself why should I pay for it, you know, I convince myself I need it. For example, if I need a new, I want to buy a new car, then I will convince myself it is a wise financial decision. Or I convince myself that everything is fine when it is not. Or I forgive this person while I did not forgive him. So many times we lie to ourselves. We should know that lying to ourselves are very harmful, also can be more damaging than we realize. So first, I'd like to discuss with you why we lie to ourselves. There are many reasons, but I will focus on three reasons why we lie to ourselves. The first reason, we want to be right. Usually, my action, my attitude, and my belief should line up together. But if my action does not go with my belief, then I will feel uncomfortable. Because what I did does not match my belief system. So I want to get rid of this discomfort. So, I have two options, either to justify my action or to change my belief in order for both of them to align together.
let me give an example. If I say hurtful comment to somebody, this again is my belief system. I should not hurt anybody. So I start feel guilty that I made this hurtful comment to this person. So in order to get rid of this guilt, I may say, everyone else is using the same word. Nothing wrong about it. Or may I say, he deserved it. This actually will wake him up. This is a wake-up call from God. God used me to send this message to this person. And by doing this, I am getting rid of this discomfort. And now I have no guilt feeling. I can sleep well at night. I, I, I justified my action. But here is the question. What is the price you pay to be right? Sometimes I am letting go of an opportunity to improve myself or to improve current practice or actually the price can be risking someone else's life or reputation or whatever. So Many times we lie to ourselves because I want to be right. Second reason, I lie to myself because I want to avoid change. If a person in a toxic relationship like Simpson, Simpson was in a toxic relationship. We read in the Bible that his soul was vexed to death. So he was very, very close to death. That what does this mean? So what is the solution? The solution is very clear. Leave it. You cannot continue in a toxic relationship. But why to the person in this situation like Simpson, this answer is not clear. Somebody going uh, to marry a wrong person. Friends tell him this will not be a successful marriage. Parents me they say the same. Abuna may say the same. But the person refused to listen to all these people. Person is doing drugs. And he's struggling. His grades went down. Everybody telling him, this is wrong. Go and get treated. But he is saying no. And I deny that I have problem. So 
the power of denial is so strong that we hold to false beliefs. Drugs will not hurt me. I can make this relationship work. I can marry this person and I can have my faith strong. Even when the evidence against this decision is so clear, but I'm in complete denial. Part of it, because I don't want to change. I want to avoid any change. We hold to all the things and we refuse to let go. And thus actually, we are closing the door in front of new ideas, new people, new opportunities. Also sometimes we take this denial a step further by confirming a lie. holding to a false hope that things will be better. For example, if I am struggling with a certain measure in, in, in my career, instead of seeking another opportunity, I say, no, now I am doing better. My grades improved. I understand uh, this subject better. So I confirm a lie to myself. Why we refuse to change? Because there is time and energy involved. I invested some time some energy, maybe some money in this issue. So I don't want actually to lose all what I invested. But if we realize when we spend more time and more energy and more money to make something work which is not working, I will make it difficult on myself to leave. So I make the situation worse and worse. So why people lie to themselves? Because we always want to be right and also we want to avoid change. A third reason I don't want to get hurt. Uh, for example, you are working in a company and this company has unethical practices and they are asking you to do some unethical uh, activity. Uh, so, you continue 
and accepting to do such unethical activity. And when somebody asks you why you are doing this, how are you going to justify yourself? You're going to say, I don't want to be a troublemaker. Uh, I need this job. If I quit this job, then how can I support my family? So such statements means I don't want to get hurt. Saint Athanasius, if he thought the same way, he wouldn't stand against Arius. Saint Athanasius stood against the whole world. They told him, the whole world is against you. And he told, I am against the world. He was in exile five times. Five times in exile because of his zeal toward uh, faith. Uh, so in many situations, we lie to ourselves, either because we want to be right or because I want to avoid the change, or because I don't want to get hurt. Uh, we need to start listening to ourselves. Uh, for example, if you don't like a certain person, why? Ask yourself, why I don't like this person? Maybe this person reminded you with another person from your childhood. That's why you have this feeling of dislike toward this person. Uh, some people just you don't trust them without any negative experience with them but if you listen to yourself carefully and you search your heart carefully maybe you would know the real reason why you don't like this person or you don't like this uh, situation. But many times we try to justify the dislikening without searching myself, without looking deep inside me. So, be honest with yourself and ask yourself this question. Are the justifications that I say to myself, are they truthful? Or they simply cover up the real reasons?
I remember one time I was uh, with Pop Shinoda and he asking somebody a certain question. And apparently Sayyidna knew the real reason behind that behavior. But this person answered Sayyidna not with the real reason, which just some justification. So Pop Shinoda, instead of embarrassing the person and told him uh, and tell him you are not saying the truth, you are just using excuse or covering up. So gently he told him, maybe this is the third or the fourth reason. But what is the first reason? So here Sayyidna was redirecting the person to be honest with himself. Many times when we answer, we answer the third or fourth reason, not the first reason. Or we answer what's politically correct, not the truthful answer. Maybe some people will say, but the truth may hurt others. No, if you say the truth in a loving way, as St. Paul said, speaking truth in love in Ephesians chapter 4, you will not hurt anybody. Speaking truth in love. Let me tell you, when you are honest with yourself, honesty heals wounds. Uh, I know to be honest with yourself, it takes strength. And maybe when you are honest with yourself, you will not like how you are behaving or what you are believing. That's why it's easier for us to not to confront ourselves and to avoid having meditation time or time of reflection just to be honest with yourself. Honesty with ourselves will cause some discomfort to you. But you need to be honest with yourself. And you need to go through this pain and discomfort. And at the end, your wounds will be healed. You need to be honest about your relationship with God, about your career, about your relationship with others, about your finances about everything actually in your life. The idea of the sacrament of confession is to be honest with yourself. Examine yourself truthfully and honestly. It is not easy to uncover the truth, 
But once we cover the truth, we uncover the truth, we will see everything clearly. And then we will have chances to change and to improve and to be better. Honesty with oneself is a huge part and element of our self-improvement and overcoming delusional thinking. If you are not honest with yourself, how can you learn? How can you grow as individual? So, either to choose to be dishonest with yourself, then there is no improvement, or to go through this pain and discomfort of uncovering the truth in order to grow. Being honest with with yourself not only will heal your wounds, but also it is the prerequisite of long-term happiness and success in your life. Here I like to give you some practical steps, what you need to do to be honest with yourself what you need to do. Uh, Number one, ask God to search you. Nobody knows you as God. God, we read in the scripture that he searched the hearts and reins of human people. One of the the beautiful Psalms is Psalm 139. In this Psalm, David said, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning, and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness 
shall fall on me. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines at the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Why? For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your words, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they, are, they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you should slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe them, those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. So in conclusion, after he mentioned all the knowledge of God, how God knew him even before framing him in the womb, then verse 23 and 24, he said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So, in order to be honest with yourself, ask God to search you. As David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So that's the first point. If you want to search your heart, if you want to be honest with yourself, ask God to do this for you. Because the goal is not to hurt your self-esteem, but also don't be too permissive with yourself. You need to take the information of the day and use it to improve tomorrow. Also, when you spend the time in reflection, this will help you to improve your problem-solving techniques. Because you reflect on what happened today and you will say, maybe a better approach was so-and-so. 
But by thinking about a better approach that is growing in the skills of problem solving. When you give yourself time to analyze the events of the day and you reflect about what you could have done better, then you will leave this session with greater knowledge and insight how to improve yourself. Number three, acknowledge both the good and bad in your life. Again, don't only focus on what's good or focus on what's bad. Focusing only on what's good may make you fall into pride and arrogance. Focusing on what's bad may make you fall in low self-esteem. Sometimes it's easy to turn a blind eye to our problems. And sometimes we scourge ourselves for our problems. But again, the purpose is to be honest with yourself. So don't just ignore the weaknesses in your life or the problems in your life. Ignoring them will not fix them. Ignoring your issues will make them worse in the future. Just be honest about them before they grow out of control. Actually, to pay attention to a small problem when it, it is just started can be much, much easier to handle it than you wait until to be a bigger problem and difficult to be handled. Be honest about both the good and bad in your life. A balanced view is a healthy and practical view. Number four, number one was pray, ask God to help you to search yourself. Number two, take time to reflect. Number three, acknowledge both the good and bad in your life. Number four, admit it when you make mistakes. All of us, we make mistakes. All of us. Yes, it is painful to admit I made mistake. It's painful. And many times we are trying to protect our ego by coming up with excuses or shifting blames, blaming others for our problem. But Let me tell you that true self-esteem can only be found when you are honest about your mistakes and shortcomings. When you admit them and take responsibility of them, then you can improve yourself and you will be a better person. Only people who admit their mistakes 
can learn from them and correct them. But someone who ignores his mistakes actually is setting himself up to repeat them in the future again and again. And let me tell you, confession is about taking responsibility. When we go and confess our sins, if you are trying to justify every single sin, this means you are not taking responsibility. If you say, I am angry because, I lied because, I committed this sin because, you are actually paralyzing yourself. Because as long as the reason is there, you are saying, I will not change. So you are not putting the power in your hands and in the hand of God. For example, if a mother is saying, I get angry and lose my tempers because of my children, then she actually saying, I will always be angry. But if she's saying, no, it's my mistake to be angry, I will take control through the grace of God. I will control my temper. Then the power now in her hand through the grace of God. Number five, pay attention to your feeling. Uh, All of us, we experience emotions happy, sad, fearful, angry. Paying attention to our emotions, playing important role in understanding ourselves. For example, why I feel happy around this person? Just be honest. Why you feel angry around another person? Just be honest with yourself. So pay attention to your emotions. Your emotions can be very revealing. When we ask ourselves the true causes behind our emotions, we can learn what thoughts actions and situation cause us to feel a certain way. And this knowledge will give you better understanding of yourself and how to respond to your emotions differently in the future. If you are a married person, And then in your work, you start feeling happy around a a certain person from the other gender. Just paying attention to this emotion can make you careful not to cross a boundary with this person 
believe me, many people who cheated on their spouses, they were not planning to cheat on their spouses at all. But they crossed single boundary, small boundary, then another boundary, then another boundary. And why? Because they did not pay attention to their emotions. They felt certain happiness or comfort around certain person and they give in to this emotion and start to cross one boundary by another. But if they were honest with themselves from the first emotion in this five to ten minute self-examination every night, why I felt it this way? What is the real reason? And then, to be honest with myself, no, I need to set boundary. This is wrong. This is not right. This would have protected them from committing uh, a major sin later on. Number six, don't overanalyze yourself. Just be simple and straightforward. Yes, self-analysis is important and is a very important element in self-improvement. But I don't want you just to be a psychologist, spending time just to analyze and overanalyze yourself. Being honest with yourself does not mean trying to intellectualize or rationalize everything that happened to you. Just be straightforward, matter of fact, with your person. You don't need just to make a whole story about why you acted in this way this morning. Just no take note of what happened today, what were your emotions, what were your feelings about it, how you, you could have handled it better, and that's it. You don't need to understand everything in the world. Just be honest, practical, and realistic. Number uh, seven. You need to be aware of your own limitations. Nobody has full knowledge. So you need to be aware that many things you do not know. Uh, part of being honest with yourself is to respect your limitation. 
This make you a humble and realistic person. Sometimes we assume that we know everything. That's why we act in stubborn and irrational ways. And this will make us ignore evidence that may contradict my current beliefs. Understand your limitation. This will keep your eyes and your mind open to new information, to new knowledge. Also, will make you flexible and you can modify certain wrong beliefs or false beliefs in your life. When you get into discussion with a teenager, he talks to you as if he knows the whole world. And definitely his knowledge, he doesn't have the experience, he doesn't have the, the, the knowledge. But they speak in arrogance as if they know it all. And that's why it gets difficult to guide them. Also, when you talk to an arrogant person, like the religious leaders of Israel, they, you read in the Bible, they knew that he said the parable about them. Okay, well, then that's opportunity. Catch it, repent, change your life. No. They conspired to kill him. One of the, I don't know if I say funniest will be correct word or not, but one of the funniest examples in the person, after being in the tomb four days, it was very clear. Then how they can actually argue against this miracle. We read in the Gospel of St. John, so they wanted to kill Lazarus in order to hide the evidence of the miracle. Why I said it's funny? Because let me assume they killed Lazarus. The Lord will raise him again. And he raised him after being four days in the tomb. But they, were, they are so blind. In their arrogance, they thought if they killed him, as if Jesus will not be able to raise him again. No, he will raise him again. That is the, they did not respect their limitation. They did not say, yes, we are wrong. You are the Messiah. They continued in their uh, lies to themselves. And uh, the last point, honesty takes practice. We're not going to leave this meeting, all of us, we know how to be honest with ourselves. No. Honesty is something we need to practice on a daily basis. Uh, we will not be completely honest with ourselves overnight. It takes constant self-awareness. 
constant watchfulness and vigilance. It takes, you know, these uh, seven points that I mentioned, you need to practice them over and over every day until we became honest and clear with ourselves. Yes, being honest with ourselves can be painful, but it is highly rewarding. Uh, it heals our wounds, it improves our spiritual life, it improves our attitudes. Final word, being honest should meet another um, requirement, which is your willingness to change. Because if you are honest with yourself, and then you know what's wrong and what's right, what's good and what's bad, but you have no will to change, then what is the benefit? It's like standing in front of, the, of, a, of a mirror, and the mirror told you exactly what you need to fix, but after this, you went without doing anything. Uh, so, being honest with ourselves should meet our willingness to change. Then we will grow and improve from glory to glory to the image of the Son of God. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have two questions. Does this level of self-awareness come with age or does, does it have more to do with personality, family, upbringing? Definitely all these factors that you mentioned, personality, family, upbringing, are contributing to this issue. But I think people who are practicing the sacrament of confession from young age, because sacrament of confession is again being honest with yourself. So these people are comfortable with this concept of how being honest with themselves, even from a younger age. They sit with themselves, they examine themselves, so they are trained to be honest with themselves. Especially, especially, they learn it how to do self-examination in the right way. And I remember when we were children in, in elementary school, our Sunday school servants taught us how to confess, how to examine ourselves, how to prepare ourselves for confession. And then they used to take us as children to go to Abuna to start practicing this sacrament. So people who are trained from their young age how to examine themselves, so this self-awareness is yani, early with them. But of course, 
with age and with maturity, we become more honest with ourselves. Yeah, definitely maturity contribute to our honesty with ourselves. Uh, second question, how do you balance between being honest to others and not offending the other person? The balance uh, in the words of St. Paul, Ephesians chapter 4, speaking truth and love. Speaking truth and love. The best example is the story of the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman, when she met the Lord Jesus Christ in the beginning, was very defensive. Why you talk to me like this? You are a Jewish man. I am a Samaritan woman. There is enmity. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. But the Lord was very gentle with her. And he did not confront her with her sins. But he started uh, to build a rapport with her. And her defensiveness started to go down little by little. Even in counseling, they teach the counselor at the beginning you need to build this rapport with the counselee and to develop this level of trust. Because counseling also is a painful process. It, it includes self-examination uh, and being honest with oneself. So building this rapport at, at first. Then when the Lord confronted her, he confronted her in a very gentle way. He told her, go and get your husband. Of course, the Lord knows she doesn't have a husband. But he asked a question just to have an opportunity to talk about it. Go and get your husband. So she answered and told him, I don't have a husband. Maybe anyone who hears this answer, he will assume she is single, or maybe she is living a celibate life. So the Lord took this answer, which revealed nothing, and he praised her for this answer by telling her, um, well said that you don't have a husband because you have had five husbands and the one with whom you are living right now is your husband, this you said it truthfully. So he started by praising her and ended by praising her when he told her, well said, and at the end he told her, you said it truthfully. And between these two uh, phrases of praise, he confronted her gently. He did not tell her, you are adulterous, living with a man in sin. He told her, the man with whom you are living now, you uh, is not your husband. And when he spoke to her about the five husbands, he, don't, he didn't tell her, you were divorced five times. 
if you say to somebody you're divorced, for divorced five times, there is blame hidden here in this message. But he told her, you have had five husbands, and the one with whom uh, you are living now is not your husband. It's big difference to say to somebody, you are lying, or to say, this story uh, is not right. Big difference between this and that. So, you are lying is an attacking statement that may offend or hurt the other person. But when you say this story is not right, uh, you are not actually describing him as a liar, but just you are speaking about a story. This story is not right. Or some people who are more gentle can say, uh, this story uh, doesn't make sense to me. So as if, uh, for me, I cannot understand this story. I heard one time Pope Shenouda made a comment like, I need to cancel my mind in order to believe this story. Something like that. So, uh, there is a gentle way to confront the people. St. Paul said, speaking truth in love. Speaking Truth without love is cruelty. Love without truth is hypocrisy. We as Christians, we need to be able to train ourselves to speak the truth in a loving way.